For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. That is correct. Let's get our sound levels like we lag it. Check, check, check. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Do we sound good, everybody? Are we good? Hey now, uh, August the 11th, 2020. So glad you are here. This lovely evening. For those of you watching live, we're getting started a little bit late. But those things happen. Life gets busy. Things happen. Man, what a day it's been. What a day. You know what? Let me tell you this. Tonight we were going to do... Well, I didn't really tell her this, but Trish and I were going to do our podcast... And it didn't work out because of time constraints, obviously. And I didn't tell her about it, so she wasn't ready. But that's coming up. We plan on doing that this week. We're now tasked with getting the studio, which is here, where I currently am, and moving it down the hall to a brand new studio where we've got lots more room. It gives us the ability to bring in guests and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be nice right now. We, we've got almost no room. Like, it, it's okay for Trish and I to be in this room and do a show together because we're okay being close to each other. But to bring in somebody else and have them that close to me, it's just awkward. It's just awkward, so we don't, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to do that. Um, so I'm being told, and, and I don't think we have this on the audio end uh, when we record it and post it to... Um, what you call it, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that, but we've got some kind of static coming through on um, on 
YouTube on the live version. So for those of you that are watching live, just kind of work with me. You know, just just deal with it for now, and then we'll we'll get it hammered out one way or another. I don't know all the technical stuff, so I don't know how to fix it. I'm going to be honest. Somebody will help me fix it, though. So, I got heartburn as well, so you'll hear me sounding funny a little bit throughout the show, which is really good since it's spaghetti night at our house. That means double heartburn. Yes, I know. I'm excited. Very excited. Uh, I was tasked with going to get the ingredients of tonight's spaghetti dinner. And that's always exciting because you never know what I'm going to come home with when I do that. Um, I, I had a list that was given to me. Let's see what it said. I have to go back and look because I don't even remember. It said spaghetti sauce with no mushrooms, noodles, meat, and garlic bread. And I'm like, what about the meat to bowls? She said, yeah, get those too. So we got meatballs. But when I was uh, shopping, I found some spaghetti sauce that said vodka-based. And I'm like, sure. So I got that. I don't know what it's going to taste like, but it um, smelled good, and it looks good. If it says vodka on it, it's got to be good, right? That's what I said. Uh, social media, you know the drill. Uh, at Andrew McLean, who on Twitter, on Parlor, over the line, on Facebook. For those of you that are listening to the audio and you have yet to be able to find the YouTube channel, you've got to type in, in your browser, www.youtube.com slash over the line. And then it pulls right up. So many of y'all can't follow those directions, and you come to me and you say, I can't find your YouTube channel. Just put it in the browser. That's all you got to do. YouTube.com slash over the line. Okay. Here we go. Are y'all ready? I'm just, I'm scattered tonight, so work with me, kid. Joe Biden has made the big announcement that everybody's been waiting for. The most consequential VP running mate pick in history. And it happens to be Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, whatever you want to call her, that is who it is. And I, honestly, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yes, we knew she was on the list. We knew that there was a possibility early on. But I think most of us had steered towards Elizabeth Warren or Susan Rice or uh, whoever else. We we didn't we didn't think it was going to be Kamala Harris, and not because she was some outside wild card. It was because surely Joe Biden's team wouldn't let him make that horrible of a pick. Yet here we are. Joe Biden's team could not have made a worse decision for Joe Biden's running mate. They couldn't have. This is this is an absolute disaster. And, and the only conclusion I can come up with as to why they would do something like this is they want Donald Trump to win another four years. If you think about it, and that's actually their line of thinking, it kind of makes sense. Because what do the Democrats feed off of? Even not just Democrat politicians, but liberals in general. Your family, your friends that you know that are liberal, what, what do they... What do they feed off of? They feed off of being angry and, and being mad and being a victim. 
And if Donald Trump being the president of the United States is stripped away from them, there goes their victimhood. There goes their their reason to be angry from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. The, the, the lifestyle that is engulfed by anger will be gone if Donald Trump is no longer president. So, where it seems a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not sadistic, but wait, wait, what do you call the people that like to punish themselves? What is that called? Um, I, whatever it is. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's a little bit of that. They like to be angry. They like to be mad at the world. And they like to be the victim. So in reality, we're all on the same page. We all want Donald Trump to be president for another four years. That's the only logical way that anybody would say Kamala Harris is the right choice for Joe Biden. Now, the media outlets have absolutely... They're, they're drooling all over themselves over the fact that Kamala Harris is the... Oh! A, a, uh, an amazing, moderate Kamala Harris. What a great, great pick. Even even Barack Obama. Get this. Barack Obama comes out with a uh, <laughs> with a statement on, uh, on Joe Biden's pick. And he's like, man, he really nailed this one. What an absolutely amazing... A running mate pick for Joe Biden. So great. Let me tell you. Hold on. I'm going to give you the actual... Uh, I'm going to give you the actual quote from... Uh, the worst president in modern history, Barack Obama. Where's he at? Um, he said, Joe Biden nailed this decision by choosing Senator Kamala Harris as America's next vice president. He underscored his own judgment and character. Reality shows us that these attributes are not optional in a president. <laughs> I got so excited when I heard this because all I could think about is one, man, it's going to make for a good show tonight. But two, could, could this be any more of a gift to the Trump campaign? Now, I'm no... I'm no expert on campaigns, being on a campaign trail and running an efficient campaign. I'm not. I do watch them closely, and I think I can give you a general idea of how they operate or how they should operate. But there's some things I know if I were running a campaign that I would not do, especially in this situation with picking your running mate. One of those rules, and this is one of the top rules, I'd put it in top three. When choosing a running mate, do not pick someone you were on a debate stage with just three, four, five short months ago. Somebody that you were slugging it out with, that was calling you names, throwing accusations at you, and wearing you out. That's not somebody you want to pick. Why is that? Why, Andrew? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because now... America, and your opponent in particular, has audio of your now-running mate calling you a lot of nasty things and making accusations about you. And that's the first thing we're thinking of when we heard Kamala Harris is the pick. Now, the Trump campaign 
one of the most well-oiled machines in modern history, the Trump campaign. As soon as the announcement was made that Kamala Harris would be the vice presidential person bid pick for the Joe Biden campaign, they put out a video. They put out a video and uh, basically slammed Kamala Harris. Now, more than likely what they did was take four or five of the people on the short list, made videos about them, and had them on standby so whenever the pick was announced, they would just throw it out on Twitter and it would, you know, it would look really bad. This is the one that the president put out on his Twitter. Listen to this. This is about... Uh, Joe Biden picking Kamala Harris as his running mate. Kamala Harris ran for president by rushing to the radical left, embracing Bernie's plan for socialized medicine, calling for trillions in new taxes, attacking Joe Biden for racist policies. Voters rejected Harris. They smartly spotted a phony, but not Joe Biden. He's not that smart. Biden calls him, <laughs> but not Joe Biden. He's not that smart. Self a transition candidate. He is handing over the reins to Kamala while they jointly embrace the radical left. Slow Joe and phony Kamala. <laughs> Slow Joe and phony Kamala. Perfect together, wrong for America. <laughs> Perfect together, wrong for America. I love that. I love it. But that's the least of their worries, okay? That is the least of the Biden campaign's worries because Kamala Harris, and that's it. Now, here's one thing, and, and this this needs this is important, by the way. This is very important. There was a list of a hundred prominent black Americans. I think it was a hundred. I didn't actually see the list. I just heard a couple of names off there. P. Diddy, Sean Puffy Combs was one of them, the the one I remember. And they put out a statement that was basically holding the Biden campaign hostage and said, if you do not pick for your running mate a black female, then you don't have our support. You don't have the black community support unless you pick somebody black. Now, you may be saying to yourself, wow, that's pretty crappy that they're picking somebody for such an important role based on their color. Well, that's the left's America, okay? They said you got to pick somebody black. So what does Joe Biden do? He picks somebody that's not even really black. She's like a a Valerie Jarrett black. <laughs> you know, like like if if somebody showed you her picture and said is she black, you would say obviously not. Just look at her. You know. And okay. So we 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 get to in the Democrat party you get to identify uh, uh, whatever you get to identify as whatever your heart desires. If you're Rachel, Ra Rachel Dozell, you get to be black. If you're Sean King, you get to be black. If you're Kamala Harris, you get, and, and it's always black. Nobody, you never catch a black person going, you know, I, I identify as white. I'm a white person or I'm an Asian or I'm, I'm Hispanic, Latino. Now you get that occasionally with Indian Americans Elizabeth Warren, obviously. But it's always... It's, I'm black. Now, Kamala Harris is like... She's like... Well, what? I can't even remember what her mom and her dad are, but it's... she's There's a reason in that Trump campaign ad they're calling her phony Kamala. Okay, we'll just... We'll put it at that. 
But another thing is, outside of that that list uh, of uh, demanding that it be a, a a black woman that Joe Biden selects, there is also a a flyer or a um. Uh, what would you call it? Just some sort of bulletin sent out, uh, sent out to media outlets by radical leftist groups that really get a lot of money from the government. Uh, I think the ACLU was involved, but Planned Parenthood was the most notable organization that was a part of this that sent this out to media outlets. And they said, here's the deal. In the wake of George Floyd and the civil unrest in this country... It is important for you to know, as the media, and I'm, I'm telling you this from what I read earlier, I don't have it in front of me. You, as the media, if you, in the wake of George Floyd, criticize Joe Biden's running mate, you are officially contributing to systematic racism in this country. And this is how the left operates. They literally are telling people off the top, that Kamala Harris, because she is black, she is immune from criticism. 100%, full stop, no criticism for Kamala Harris whatsoever. Can't do it. You can't say anything bad about her. She's immune. Which, the Trump team, they're not going to take that advice, as you likely know. But, again, that's the way they operate. You cannot criticize Kamala Harris. You really can't criticize Joe Biden, but it's so easy to do. And not just for us, not just for Trump supporters, and not just for people that just generally don't like Joe Biden. It's easy for the Democrats to criticize Joe Biden. And going back to the point of don't pick a running mate you just debated over the past year in a primary, the audio... From that debate is going to haunt this campaign. Kamala Harris virtually called Joe Biden a racist on live TV in front of the entire country. This is that exchange. And I will say also that that in this campaign, we've also heard, and I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden. Um, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also... But, but, here comes the but. Leave, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. <clears throat> Joe Biden has had a history of praising extremely racist members of Congress. Almost always Democrat, by the way. It's important to, to note that. <laughs> but here's, here's what blew my mind. Is Joe Biden, over the past week, really, but over the past several months has made extremely racist comments and at the very least racially insensitive comments. Now just hit the microphone. Sorry about that. 
racially insensitive. We'll give him the benefit of a doubt. So in order to correct, in order to, uh, in order to justify, not justify, but to make up for those racist comments, he picks a running mate that is known for throwing tons of black Americans in jail and in prison on drug charges in California. That's how he corrected his racist comments. That's this is there's the that's it. That's why this is such a bad pick. It just there's so many people within the Democrat Party that did not like Kamala Harris. That was apparent through the primary. I mean, she was one of the first ones to go. She is not popular within the party. Now, the media is going to try to shine this turd up and present it to the Democrat voters and say, it's a great pick, but everybody knows in the back of their head why they refused to vote for Kamala Harris in the primary. And her being vice president, the most consequential vice president in history, is not helping Joe Biden's case. Because if anybody going into an election has ever had a chance at being president, going from VP to POTUS, Kamala Harris is it. She's got more of a chance of being president than Joe Biden does. Joe Biden might not even make it to the election. But I digress. Back to the debate. Now, she's referring to Robert Byrd and others. Uh, his, His praising of segregationists in Congress. United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. Whoa, here we go. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. (laughs) Kamala Harris, civil rights icon, walked arm in arm to the bus with John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr. Kamala Harris spent much of her childhood in Canada. Okay. So her preaching about what she went through in in her early years, it's all bull squeeze. There's no, there's no need to buy it. it. It's all, it's all bull crap. None of it's true. But the point of busing, and I never really elaborated on this much in the past because I just enjoy the Democrats going at each other and going for the jugular. It's my favorite pastime. The busing thing is. The least racist thing Joe Biden has done in his life, in his political career, if you will. Because the busing issue was widely denounced by most families in this country. And in particular, black families. Nobody wanted it. So Joe Biden was on the side of the American people, black and white. But that's just minor details that nobody really cares about. Now, the point of that being, 
Joe Biden's not racist for that stance on that issue, even though now he's backtracking. He's really considered racist for the other things he's done and he said. So now you've got two racist people on the same ticket in the Democrat Party. It's like the good old days again. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly. As Attorney General of California, I was very proud to put in place a, a requirement that all my special agents would wear body cameras and keep those cameras on. Mm. And also in her role as Attorney General of the state of California, she was really excited to throw African Americans in jail on a regular basis for drug charges all the way down to a little bit of weed. And then here is Joe Biden's response to Kamala Harris calling him a racist. She called, she did. That's, that's exactly what she did. She said on the front end, I'm not calling you a racist, but then goes on to explain why he's a racist. I've been invoked. We are going to give you a chance to respond. Vice President Biden. Good Lord, shut up. It's a mischaracterization of my position across the board. I did not praise racist. That is not true, number one. Number two, if we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. Ooh, two civil rights icons going toe-to-toe. Uh-oh, that's my, that's my health coach calling, calling me. Should I answer? Hey. Um, I'm doing a live podcast right now that you're oh, actually good. on. Hi. So say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew's health coach, Michelle. I just want to introduce you. Um, hi, everybody. Doesn't he look amazing? Don't I look good? Ooh. <laughs> so what I'll do is once I'm done with this and explaining to everyone how Joe Biden is a racist, I'll call you back. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. <laughs> you know, people probably... I didn't become a prosecutor. I came out I... People probably hate my guts for doing that. I'm going to get sued one day for putting somebody on the air that don't want to be on the air. The uh, assassination of Dr. King. Number one. Now, number two. At... All right, let's back up a little bit because I lost my train of thought and I don't even know what Joe Biden's talking about. Wait. The fact... Let's try this. That's fine. That's one of the things I argued for, that we should not be, we should be breaking down these lines. But so the bottom line here is, look, everything I've done in my career, I ran because of civil rights. I continue to think we have to make fundamental changes in civil rights. And those civil rights, by the way, include not just only African-Americans, but the LGBT community. But they, Vice President Biden, And the LGBT community, by the way, is much more diverse than the African-American community because... Like Joe Biden said, they all think the same. They all have the same views on everything. No diversity. No no free thought coming from the black. Obviously not true. Now, Democrats wish that was true. Joe Biden in particular wishes that was true. But it's not. Man, it's one of the things that makes Joe Biden a racist. Do you agree today? Do you agree today? that you were wrong to oppose busing in America then. No, Do you agree? I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education 
That's what I opposed. Well, I there did was not a oppose. failure of, of states to, to integrate no, public schools in America. I was part of the second the, class to integrate Berkeley, California public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education. Because your city council made that decision. It was a so local decision. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act mm. and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass. This is going to be so good. So good. <laughs> Can you imagine how the debate, the, the debates are shaping up to be something so incredibly special, incredibly special. We knew it was going to be a disaster for Joe Biden, but with the pick of Kamala Harris, it opens a new world of opportunities for the Trump campaign and Donald Trump himself on the debate stage. For instance, as he did with Hillary he brought his guests to the debate. They were some of Bill Clinton's sexual assault accusers. <laughs> you remember that? It was, it was almost one of the greatest political moves in history, if you ask me. It was, it was straight out of the playbook of Vince McMahon, WWE, the, the Attitude Era of WWF, if you will. Brilliant. But when it comes to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden on the same ticket, I say, if I'm Donald Trump, find four or five African Americans that were thrown in jail on marijuana charges in California while Kamala Harris was Attorney General, pardon them, or commute their sentence or whatever, and bring them as your guests. They'd be amazing not to use these people as props or anything, but it is a very important note that the American people need to know. I mean, we're in the era of the Democrat Party calling for defunding the police, and Joe Biden picks the top cop from the state of California. <laughs> Literally. Ugh. I can't. can't. This is going to be so good. So good. The Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because that's there right. are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of all people. I supported the okay, ERA from the very beginning when I ran for the Biden, pro- 30 seconds, because I want to bring you know, other people I reported, into this. I supported I the ERA from the very beginning. I'm the guy that extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. We got to the place where we got 98 out of 98 votes in the United States Senate doing it. I've also argued very strongly that we, in fact, deal with the notion of denying people access to the ballot box. I agree that everybody, mm. once they, in fact, they should... Anyway, my time's up. <laughs> Thank you, Vice President. <laughs> Never gonna get old. It's so good, because you can tell, it's like, it's like clockwork. When Joe Biden gets lost, when he's explaining something, I don't, I don't want to waste your time, and I want to keep going. I know you've got stuff to do, so right, that's, that's all I got to say. Nah, that's enough. I, I've used all my time. <laughs> Who in a debate says, oh, okay, you know, I've, I've used way too much time. The name of the game is using too much time. That your voice is being heard more than everybody else. Joe Biden does the exact opposite. It's just, oh, it's so fantastic. You cannot, cannot make this stuff up. But it's not just Biden versus Kamala Harris. Or, or Kamala Harris going after Joe Biden. 
because of those debates, you've got other Democrat candidates going against Kamala Harris. For instance, here's Tulsi Gabbard from that same debate. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. Ooh, ooh. Didn't she say, was it her that talked about smoking weed and listening to Tupac? Was that her? Or have I got that mixed up with some other pandering Democrat? She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She Tulsi Gabbard is is really good at appearing she's that she's not extreme left. And her policy proposals and even endorsements are pretty progressive in Progressive is a nice word for regressive. <laughs> actually, progressive in this sense it actually means the opposite. But her support and her endorsement of Bernie Sanders after she dropped out, several other things, she's far left. There's no mistaking that. But she, she had the ability to give... Donald Trump and Mike Pence a run for their money and the DNC wasn't having it. Same for Bernie. Same for Elizabeth Warren. Same for um, uh, Bloomberg. All of them. Uh, Cory Booker. Uh, Beta O'Rourke. They didn't stand a chance because Joe Biden was the chosen one, but Tulsi Gabbard would have been good, and she's kind of flexing her muscles and showing you why with this debate performance right here. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California, and she fought to keep cash you, bail system in place. That impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Thank you, Congresswoman. Uh, Senator Harris, your response. As the elected attorney general of California, I did the work of significantly reforming the criminal justice system of a state of 40 million people, which became a national model for the work that needs to be done. Yes, California is such a model for the rest of the country. Don't we all agree with that? I am proud of that work. And I am proud of making a decision to not just give fancy speeches or be in a legislative body and give speeches on the floor, but actually doing the work of being in the position to use the power that I had to reform a system that is badly in need of reform. That is why we created initiatives that were about re-entering former offenders and getting them counseling. It Thank is you. why, and because I know that criminal justice Thank system you, is Senator. so broken, that I am an advocate for what Thank we you, need Senator. to do tonight. See, they're telling her to shut up, and she's going to have to take that advice. Joe Biden's going to have to take that advice from her, or she's going to have to pick up his slack when he says, I've said enough. I don't need to go on any further. There's no reason to explain that. It's simple. Those are simple things that you do when you're on a debate stage, especially if you're running for president. Not only decriminalize, but legalize marijuana in the United States. I want to. I want to bring a congresswoman. See, now she wants to legalize it. So, what do you do if your stance is to legalize marijuana, 
What kind of reparations are the people that you threw in prison for marijuana charges? What kind of reparations are those guys and gals going to get? You going to wipe their record clean? Or are you going to continue to hang your hat and even laugh about it while you're on the campaign trail? It'll be interesting to see. For sure. Uh, Gabbard, back in, you're responsible. The bottom line is, Senator Harris, when you were in a position to make a difference and an impact in these people's lives, you did not. And worse yet, in the case of those who were on death row, innocent people, you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced to do so. There is no excuse for that. And the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor, oh, you owe them an apology. Oh, my. Oh, my, she owes an apology, y'all, to those people that she ruined their lives because she was so adamant, so adamant about the war on drugs. Now, there is something, and I, I suggest all you guys go and watch this as well. Trish and I are watching a, a show. It's called Dope Sick Nation. Okay, and I think, I hope I'm not pulling this from a different, actually, I think I am, but it all kind of works the same. Um, this was originally kind of like a documentary movie that then got turned into an actual show, and I think it's only got maybe one season. Um, the name of the movie is, what, what is the name of that? Trish is, uh, if Trish is listening to the show, she can come in here and tell me real quick. Hold on, let's see. Baby! Let's see if she'll come to the studio. Baby! I don't think it worked. Hold on. Anyway. It's called, uh, American, uh, American Relapse. There you go. So that's the movie. Then the show that they turned into the series is called Dope Sick Nation. This thing really highlights not just the, the struggles of drug abuse in, in America. And this is based out of Florida. But it really highlights how people's lives can be ruined for one bad decision. And Trish just walked in. Come here. Come here. Come here, baby. What you doing? Cooking dinner. All right, get down on the microphone for me. On the mic. Let's see where you at. Hey, now. Am I on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get close to it. Okay, I'm on. Adjust. It. Get close. <clears throat> so, American Relapse is the name of the show. the 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 movie Dope Signation is the name of the series. And am I portraying that correctly in the sense of, um, it really highlights the the damage that a drug charge even the first first time offender even second time offender the damage it does to them to uh, to their life lifelong damage in the sense of tacking a felony on their record keeping them from working thus they end up back in the streets because they can't get a job because of the felony they end up getting back in the drug selling them or whatever um it, that's what you got from it too, correct? Yes, it's a good show. It really is, and uh, I'm, I'm on, I've watched it twice now. 
Well, here's what happened is we were watching it and then I got tied up doing something else and she kept watching it. So she got like 10 episodes ahead of me and now she's watching them for the second and third well, time I because actually, I'm going back. I actually had Lauren start them today too. Oh, I mean, really? It's important that she watches it. Is she, she enjoy it? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like not look at you. The slight's no, right in my okay. face. Um, Why are you sweating so much? Because it is hot in here. Do you see this? Look at me. I'm a mess. Did Michelle make you nervous when she called in? I probably made her nervous. Not at all. She sounded good. Did she call you? No, she knows to call you first. She's probably terrified. (laughs) She knows I don't answer the phone. Um, Well, I figured (laughs) she would call you and uh, just check with you. No. Were you going to call her back? Should we call her back now on the air? No. Okay, uh, before you go, our show, are we going to commit to doing it this week? Yes, absolutely. And our topics are going to be... Um, at the bare minimum, we're going to talk Tom Hanks, and then we'll possibly move into Epstein stuff or yeah. something else. Yeah, that's what, I mean, I'll talk about anything. Our our conspiracy <laughs> show is going to be very I laid back. Conspiracy though. What? Because these aren't conspiracies. Oh yeah. This yeah. is like real stuff going on. Well, that's another thing. We need these guys because we want to make it separate from over the line. So we need a name of that show. And do you think we could recruit the audience to come up with a name for us? They'd be better at it than we are. Yeah, apparently. We don't have one yet. <laughs> so, you guys, uh, just hit us up on social media. You can message the Over the Line page. We'll probably put a post where you guys can put your suggestions or whatever. Um, but we need a name for that show. But it's going to be good. It's, it's less radio-y like this show. And it's more you and I hanging out, having a conversation. Yeah, and I want it to where they can talk to us, too. Interact, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. I got you. Okay, but Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. You're so welcome. How did the spaghetti turn out? Not good? No. The sauce tastes gross. Is it really? Yes. Do I have to go get more sauce? No. I was so excited about it. Can you bring me a towel? I am a sweaty mess in here. It is awful. So y'all make sure and keep an eye out for that. Help us out with the name, blah, blah, blah. Um, But back to Kamala Harris, I don't even know where I left off, but I cannot stress how horrible of a pick that is. It's going to be an utter disaster. Real quick from you, Trish. Your rapid thoughts about the Kamala Harris Harris choice for uh, Joe Biden. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't... Get I don't, down on that mic. Okay. Come on, baby. This don't worry very, about that, doll. He's fine. uncomfortable. You're fine. <laughs> uh, my initial thoughts about her specifically? Her being chosen as the most consequential vice president in history. I think they're pandering. And I think it's going to backfire. Do you think she's even black? <sighs> I'm not going there. Yes, I think she's black. Mm, I don't think she is. Yeah, I'll I say think it. she's black, but... I'm not going to pull at Roseanne or anything, but I don't, I don't think. I actually put on someone's Facebook today, they asked um, who I thought, or who, you know, people thought the VP pick was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I put Kamala Harris because she looks like she had a surgery a few weeks ago. What do you mean? Remember? The, her <gasps> oh, face yeah! And I was like, they're prepping her to be more camera ready. She looked like a freaking... I don't know. I don't even know how to describe that, but it was a... Uh... It was almost scary. But that is a conspiracy theory. That is. That is. <laughs> All right, babe. Thank you so much. 
I appreciate that. Man, I think that's a wrap for today's show. We got so much more we can talk about on the front of the campaign of Joe Biden, the Kamala Harris. Um, it doesn't stop here. It doesn't. It's just going to get better and better and better and better and better and better and better. There was another thing I was going to point out. I forgot. Kamala Harris in her... Um, not only was she calling Joe Biden a racist, but she technically called him a rapist as well. You remember, as they were... As people were entering the race, people were accusing Joe Biden on and off camera of inappropriately and even aggressively touching them. Kamala Harris was asked about it. And here's what she said. Let's see if I can find that article. I don't know if I can, y'all. She said... In reference to the accuser, she said, I believe them and I respect them being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it. <laughs> she said she believed the accusers. But even though she thinks he's a racist and even a sexual assaulter, she's still willing to run for president or run on his presidential ticket. So, we'll see what happens. That's it for tonight. Back tomorrow with a brand new podcast. And until then, see you, cool.